What was Dr. Frankenstein's New Year's resolution? I don't know, uh, Mark. What was Dr. Frankenstein's New Year's resolution? To make new friends. <laughs> but, um, and uh, welcome to one of those weeks. to you mark and all our listeners welcome back and dare i say are we still in the remit happy new year happy new year to you yes it's we're just about only 12 days over but there you go better late than never absolutely and this is episode one of season two we're starting afresh so we shall um start to me to go on this year we've had a shower and we're all clean and now ready to start the new year absolutely First well, shower of the year. Yes, I, well, I, I, I've had several since um, the 2nd of January. Have you? Oh, <laughs> you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't spoil yourself like that. <laughs> I shouldn't treat my body to um, no. some perfumed shower hey, gel. When we were kids, we only used to have one bath a week. What do you do? <laughs> well, I, 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 shower, I shower daily. I shower daily. Oh. I think we've lost Mark. Oh dear. That's a good start. Hello, Mark, are you there? No. Hello. Hello. Are we back? I'm back. I'm here. What happened? We're... The uh, the elite is trying to interfere with our broadcast. So. Uh, that, uh, you know, I did wonder about that. I've just watched <laughs> um, just watched Vigil. I don't know if you've seen that. Um, just watched the second one of Vigil. Very very good indeed. Excellent. On with this, is that is that the submarine the one sum, or is it the, the submarine one? was the first one? Yeah, the submarine that was the was first it, one. Yeah. The second one set out in the Middle East, and uh, yeah, pretty frightening really when you consider what's happening out in the Middle East at the moment. And how were it, 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 it's uh, I'm trying to think of the actress's name, Serana Jones. Serana Jones, yeah, she plays military police, does she? No, she plays a British police officer. Oh, right, yeah, I, they um, it is on me that we've got so much to watch, but that is on, yeah, on Detective this. Inspector. She's very, very good at it, yeah, very good. It, at it. Um, uh, my girlfriend's just finishing finished watching Fool Me Once by Harlan Coben, yeah. Any good? I've heard mixed reviews about that. Well, <laughs> episode one, I'm not going to spoil it because if you watch it, yeah. So, episode one and two absolutely gets you hooked, gets you straight in there. Um, really good at building suspense. And then she's tailing the, uh, I forget the actual again, Michelle, is it Michelle Keegan? Michelle, Michelle it. Keegan plays the lead role and she's a, uh, She's the naval. She's British, British naval 
uh, forces, whatever you want to call it. Anyway, she's a helicopter pilot. She trains people to fly helicopters. So, and <clears throat> to call a long story short, she's put a tracker on this bloke's car, uh, and she's she's doing this lesson in this helicopter. And she and then she gets this phone call from a mate. Blah blah blah. The car's on the move now. I said to my girlfriend, I said, she starts tracking, she starts following this car in this helicopter round dumb. <laughs> and, and the worst thing of it was, I said, if she lands the helicopter in the wood, I'm done. <laughs> and she did. And she did. And at that point, the believability for me was just finished because where she landed it, you wouldn't be able to land it yeah. where, she, where she landed it. I'm like, you're supposed to be a trained precision helicopter pilot you would not touch down well I, I suppose you call it a, like air ambulance would potentially but it's just it's just silly it was just silly and I'm done with silly so but she, my girlfriend watched it all the way to the end and highly rated it so uh, I, I suppose it goes off your own back really if you want to watch it or not yeah yeah, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. I might have a, a look in, as I say, mixed reviews, and always leave it up until you've seen it yourself, and then decide what you want to do, don't you? Whether yeah. it's, it's worthy or not. But no, um, the only thing that I uh, got me about the vigil one in in the Middle East is that how it was the British military had basically wound everything up in order to create a war. No, where have I had that? Between two factions. Well, that's what I say. It's it's a little bit worrying, isn't it, really? We think we're so we're so brilliant. Uh Britain are always good at shouting, we don't get into it, we, you know, we don't get involved in this, we don't do that, and we and we're so good, we're so pious. And actually, we're not actually we you know, we can be pretty nasty when we want to get something. And it just makes me wonder what's happening in the Red Sea at the moment, you know. Oh, hang on, who shot down that drone? Yes, I heard um, Mr. Cameron uh, on about that on X this afternoon about the um, drone attack. Yeah, I'd heard nothing about it. Obviously, my life's in turmoil at the minute. (laughs) Well, it just makes me wonder whether it's somebody trying to instigate something. I mean, they want to say, basically, they want to put prices up around the world, don't they? And and, and set the prices up in the Western side. Uh, and what better way of doing it to say that, oh, we can't go through the Suez Canal anymore. Now we've got to go around Africa and it's going to take twice as long to get there. It's using twice as much fuel. It's using this. That. So the prices are necessarily going to have to increase. Well, do we have to? If we'd not fallen out with the people around the Suez, this wouldn't be happening. So what's going on? Now, now Mark, if I'm not mistaken, it sounds like your tinfoil hat is very much... Uh firmly on tonight but um i'm a bit a bit skeptical here aren't it's not like me this no it's not well to me me, it's a bit obviously fuel's going to go back up again come a come spring the fuel up through the roof and uh, this is all done by elitism globalist elitism for their own ends opec Uh, yeah did you hear another interesting a bit of a different different story but on the elite global thing, do you hear about the um, Jewish tunnels in New York? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, under that synagogue. Yeah, and and, and they reckon that. Well, they don't know what they've been doing, but they, they, these tunnels lead all over 
and they lead from like some of the most renowned hotels in New York and across America that, that they reckon that they are used for trafficking. Yeah, trafficking and paedophiles. So uh, I've read that. Yeah, which leads leads on me on to next on to um, Jeffrey Epstein's list. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it would, and the paedophile <laughs> ring. Here we go. <laughs> So, uh, what, what, what I mean, uh, what's your what's your thoughts on it, Mark? What do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, the guy's guilty. Uh, simple as that. Yeah. Uh, it, how everybody was implicated, I don't know, um, and I think they've got to reveal the list. So, and people have been allowed to be uh, appeal whether their name was revealed on that list. Uh, Prince Andrew and. Um, well, you know, whether he was actually there and who who was there. And Oprah thought, well, she just was flying through. And other people, have, oh, no, I didn't know I was there. And all oh, this, that, and this. I really don't know. And to be honest, the truth will come out eventually. There's yeah. too many people covering their asses at the moment. And that's the problem, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think when the truth does come out, um, well... <clears throat> Obviously, with my tinfoil conspiracy mind, I, I'm, I'm a lot. I've been gone already, gone down this rabbit hole about two years ago. So, um, some of the people I grew up admiring, uh, I no longer admire, which is very sad. Um, See, my son's done exactly the same. He he's grown up with J.K. Rowling, and he's grown up with Harry Potter. And since her comments, he will basically not touch anything to do with her whatsoever. Doesn't want to know her. Doesn't not interested in anything to do with her. Not in even interested in the books that she's written under Robert Galbraith. Will not absolutely acknowledge anything to do with J.K. And I mean that's his own opinion. That's his. He's entitled yeah. to that. I think he, in my opinion, I think he's a little bit wrong, but that's his choice. And yeah. I think people, if we're living in a, in a free democratic society, we're allowed to say what we want and what our beliefs are, and that's the yeah. whole purpose of it. And that's that's only what J.K. Rowling has done. She's absolutely she's, she's supporting women. She yeah. is fighting for women, and that you know, she's a strong, independent woman. But whether her views are right or wrong, again, it's her views, and that's what it should be viewed at. Now, my son, again. His views are his views, and if he wants to stand, he's entitled to that, and I, and I fully back it. Anybody who wants to have their opinion, but don't tell me which way I should vote. Absolutely, which opinion? Is... That's my choice now. I'm left yeah. up to my. I've heard your argument, and I've heard B's. I've heard A's argument, B's argument. I will now decide which one I want to listen to, and that's my choice. And uh, and. You know, that, I think that's that. And that's the beauty about this country is that we have that ability to make that choice of our own. Yes, that's that. I 100 percent agree with that. That is how I've tried to conduct my life all throughout my life. It's how I've tried to conduct myself is I listen to you and I listen to you, but I'm going to do my thing anyway. Yeah. Make my own mind up. Unless 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 you're like my boss. Obviously, I need to listen to you because you're telling me what to do, and I need to do it your way. Oh, that, that's different. That's, that's that's an instruction, isn't it? That's yeah. an instruction to do yeah. a job. That's not. This is my opinion about yeah. these comments. 
Sorry, when, yes. When it yeah. comes to that, when it's an opinion about comments, then you're in, everybody is entitled to their own opinion. And I think that's yeah. that's the well, beauty they, about being a democratic society is you can have a voice and you can voice your opinion. Yeah, but do you not think this is where we're going wrong? Well, as a democratic society, like you've just put, the 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 students in the universities are being indoctrinated to the point where no one else's opinion matters. So this this is the this is the point where we've got to. I watched a, a reel on Instagram the other day, and. There was this young student, she was on London Underground and she was giving it the big I am. Now, there was no tone of respect. She was giving it to this this man. I, I only I only watched the video, so I, I don't know the full context of what was going on. But she was going on and on at this man. She was spitting at him. Now, anybody that spits at you, that's it. I draw, I, I draw the line. It's, it's vulgar, it's disgusting, whatever. Yeah. So, this man just flipped. He absolutely went at her. There was no violence. He was just verbally attacking her. Uh, not attacking her, but just basically saying blah, 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 blah. And she got scared, right? And uh, hats off to the... There was, a, there was a guy that came and stood in between this woman and this man. Um, and he was still going at her. Now, what my point of what I'm trying to say is that I think they get wrapped up in cotton wool a little bit in in colleges and schools and universities, and then they come out into the real world, think they can spout off their opinion. So this is leading back to what we, and then they get they get what they're not expected. Well, you see, the trouble is they've always voiced their opinion anonymously on Facebook or Twitter or to X, I should say, or Instagram, that's always been relatively anonymous, isn't it? And I think when yeah. you come to a personal encounter face-to-face, -face, some of these youngsters aren't quite sure how to handle that. Uh, I mean, when I've grown up with it, and I I, I don't feel it's right. I, I, and again, I don't believe in social media to draw a line because the fact that social media can be so heavily edited, as we know, um and and to sort of sway opinions one way or the other it depends on all depends on the edit and it all depends on what you show and I, and i think that's so wrong and i think the trouble is with kids nowadays they believe what they see on social media whatever platform it is and a lot yeah. of them tend to believe it like the tiktok news that they believe that is the gospel yeah uh, and they don't bother to dig any deeper and i think that's what you've got to start doing and that's what unfortunately we need to keep purporting is that don't take things at face value yes. dig deeper do not accept what you've just read on page a go to page b c d and e yeah and, and find out for yourself a lot more and they're not prepared to that's too much effort though that's yeah. what i get from kids you know oh that's effort that's effort yeah, of course it's effort if you want to find out something it is effort if a job's well, worth doing it's effort you've got to do it well it's like of course it is i'm not going to write if I want to write a story, if you want to do a bit of acting, we're not going to do it half arsed. No. We're not, we're not going to get anywhere. 110% you've got to do Absolutely, 110%. Even if you're flagging, even if you're tired, you've still got to do that. Like this week at work, this last two weeks, we have been turfing. We've done all... Turfing? Turfing? Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
international rescue. I think it is. Yeah, somebody wants me. <laughs> we've um, we, we we've done a load of new groundworks. We've reached bunkers and we've done a green, and it's really hard work. And um, and you start it's cold and it, uh, and all the lads are tired. You can see when the lads are flagging. Yeah. We still have to keep going because it, the job that we've just said has got to get done. It's not going to get done by anybody else. But <laughs> the fairies overnight will come and do it. Oh yeah, they'll they'll <laughs> <let> the, <turf. laughs> the no, green I fairies. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, the bunkers look amazing, and in credit where credit's due, we, we've all worked really hard, and it's you know. But I think, like I said to you a couple of minutes, a couple of seconds ago, I think. This, you. What generation is it? Is it? I don't know. What generation is it? Oh, good. I'm not. I'm not even attempting to go there. Generation Z. But well, well, anyway, that, that, I think that generation is wrapped in cotton wool. That is my opinion. Mm. If I'm, if I'm tr- truthfully honest, because they get out into the real world and they start verbally attacking, uh, say strangers on a train. Brilliant Alfred Hitchcock film. Um, <laughs> And then they get it back, and there's all of a sudden they're like, yeah. well, "Well, hang on a minute, that's not what I've been taught. My brain can't can't compute with that. What do You're I not do? Like to come back at me like that? Oh, yeah. exactly. And it's going to end. I, I, yeah, I, I just think something needs to be done. Um, but I don't know how you undo it because there's a lot of damage already been done by this. Well, I don't know. Have you watched the post office, Mr. Bates versus the post office? So that's another that's another show we've got to watch because it looks amazing. Oh, it it's... is stunning, and it's it's stunning and appalling at the same time. The fact that this was allowed to continue from 1999 onwards was it 15 years? Absolutely, 20 years. 20 years. 20, yeah. Well, 23 years. 23 years. Shocking. Absolutely shocking. And poor Mr. Bates has devoted 20 years of his life to it um, to try and get justice for everybody else. Uh, and it, honestly, I, I was shouting at the television. I, we, we were both sitting there, me and my wife, and we were absolutely shouting, you cannot do boys going. Unbelievable that these guys have been running post office. One guy, poor, bless him, 42 years he'd been part of post office, man and boy. He started off his life delivering mail and yeah. then went to owning a post office and then balanced his books perfectly, week on week. They introduced the new system and he's thousands of pounds in debt that he has to make up because he signed a contract that he will make good. And you think, oh, dear. And these people are so honest and they're yeah. so worried that they start making up the shortfall themselves out of their own private money. And it's just disgusting. Or if they can't make it, like, boy, what I think her name was, I think it was Jill, I can't remember. Um, apologies if I've got that name wrong. Uh, and she was into the, the debt of six, uh, £36,000, and she was trying to pay it out of her own money. So um, one of the guys, well, I think 700 of them have gone to prison over it now, which is absolutely disgusting that they've taken them to court and they've gone through courts and people have made money out of them going through courts. And they've ended up completely innocent people going to court. It's ended some people's lives. It's ended their marriages. People have died before they've got compensation. It is just truly, as Sunak said this week, the largest miscarriage of justice this country has ever seen. 
And well, it is disgusting. And what makes me laugh, though, was Keir Starmer not the guy that sent them down? I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, I, would sure, have said. I don't know if this is <clears throat> lip-flopping from the Tories, but I, I, saw a, I saw a post from them saying that he was the one that basically gave the... Uh, not the gamble. Uh, what, 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 what is it? Uh, sorry, my mind's gone blank. What is he? I'm not sure. The judge? George. He's a judge, isn't he? Keir yeah, Sarmer is a judge. Because he was the one that didn't do anything with Salva, wasn't it? And there was that massive scandal with that. Well, he was in he was in the um, um, prosecution service, wasn't he? I think yeah. he wasn't a judge as such. He was in. He was part of the uh, criminal prosecution service, CPS, wasn't he? Yeah. <clears throat> But no, it was Ed Davy was MP between 2010 and 2012 for employment relations and post office affairs, and he all he said, all oh, these civil civil servants they lied to me about this gun. They told me lies. Well, and you just believe it. You just didn't go and dig deeper, or you just accepted that face value. This is what was happening. And the biggest thing was that they said was the the word that came back from the helpline from uh, when they went on to Fujitsu helpline, post office helpline, is, well, nobody else has got these problems. You're the only one. So they were felt, a lot of them made feel, well, it must be my fault that I've done something wrong. What have I done wrong? And they'd done nothing wrong at all. Now, Fujitsu is saying, the technicians that worked at it, oh, yeah, we could get in at the back end and we could alter figures and we could do this, that and the other. We had to correct. There were lots of mistakes with the software that we went in and corrected. And when we did it, it caused problems. But yeah, the uh, but post office kept saying Fujitsu can't get into your system. Individual postmasters have got control of their own systems. Nobody can interfere with it. Well, the yeah, world could. They could get in at the back end. They were coming through the back door and they were changing things. The poor woman, that Jill woman, complained. She rung, rang up the help service at Fujitsu, and they gave her information. Follow this. Follow this and do this. And she was like two thousand pounds in debt. And she said, right, now press the button. And she pressed the button and went to 4,000. She said, it's just doubled. Yeah, well, you need to make that make good that, that loss. And that is the actual loss. So, but it can't be. It was only 2,000 a second ago. I've just done what you told me. It's now 4,000. You think, what? And this poor woman is, yeah. was the centre of the community. Everybody loved her and still love her and have supported her, which is fantastic. But the biggest thing is they said they're going to give them uh, amnesty and get everybody out of prison now that's being convicted. But the trouble is, when each of these individual postmasters was convicted, each one of them was in their local newspapers or, or regional newspapers, and their names were put up as a thief. Yeah. As stealing money from old people and pensioners, that's how it is labelled, and this, that, and the other. And they went to prison for it. But they've gotten a blanket... Uh, amnesty to get out and uh, this, that and the other. The trouble is the local newspapers now and the individual regional newspapers will not print their names and say, oh yeah, we wrongly convicted these people. They won't get that and that's what's so wrong about it as well. They need that yeah. individual recognition yeah. and it's it, it, honestly, I tell you what, it's the best piece of drama that I've watched in a long time. Well, Toby Jones was amazing. Yeah, I, I love Toby Jones. Well, um... Yeah, and they're saying now that the MPs have made me laugh Parliament was saying that, well, we're blaming Toby Jones and ITV for not making this drama sooner. Hang on. 
Hang on. <laughs> it's their fault for not making the drama to bring it to their attention. It's been there since 1999. They've been trying to bring it to people's attention, but nobody's listened. Ridiculous. Absolutely. They're just bloody villains, a lot of them. Absolute yeah. villains. Well, well the um, head of the post office, isn't she facing criminal charges as well? Paula, Paula uh, Venels, isn't she? Yeah. Yes. Well, she's she's now being forced. She's going to hand the CBE back. CBE back. That was because... Uh, uh, Alan Bates, bless him, was awarded an OB and he said, I can't accept it while she's still got a CBE. There's no way I can accept that. Uh, and so he's refused to have it. But it's nice to know that, um, uh, what's his name, Richard Branson today has gone on and offered um, Alan Bates a first-class flight and a, a first-class stay on Necker Island um, to make up, you know, to give him some compensation. And he's also offered him a cruise and this, that, and that for him and his wife to go and uh, for everything that he's been doing. I mean, he, he's tirelessly worked for 20 years for no pay. In the film, he said it's one of the most expensive hobbies that I've been addicted to that's done nothing for me. I've not, not benefited or anything. Bless it was unbelievable. Bless him. Bless what a great guy. What a great, I mean, to me, he ought to be knighted. Uh, ought to be knighted because well, he's stuck by this through thick and thin since the beginning. Well, yeah, people like that are very few and far between. I've got... I've got um... I've got to finish Reacher. I'm, I'm, I think I'm on episode six. So, Me too. Two um, more to go. Oh, uh, how are you finding it, Jim? Did you like it? Um, I love the fact... I think he's a brilliant Reacher. I really do. He's a good Reacher. He is the best. He's, he's just transposed what I imagined of Reacher to be. I just think his acting's a bit wooden at times, but that's just me looking at it. I think, I think he, if I'm not mistaken, though, Mark, I think he's pretty, pretty fresh off the... He is. He's, he's, he, this is his first big role, isn't it? It is, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the first series was really—he was better in it. I just don't think his directions have been too good in this because it, it just—I it, don't know—it just feels like a, a little bit wooden on his delivery. That's all I will say. Well, I, I'm wondering if it, I thought that too, but and then at the same time, Reacher as a person is wooden, isn't he? He's—he's—he's uh, he's very matter of fact, I would say. Yeah, not, wood, not wooden. He's just matter of fact. Uh, and, and, and I think it's that fine line that you, you, as an actor, you've got to divide that, you know, you're not going to act it, Warden. You are going to act it, as a matter of fact. I don't know. It's just in pauses. And I don't know, little inflections. But I think he is a brilliant guy for Reacher. I think his stature and his, his mannerisms and everything are brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I'm just i just wondering if that was the director, the director's relaying it to, is it Alan, it's Alan Richardson, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I was just wondering if it's the director's maybe misunderstanding the character a little bit. Well, they have different like directors for each episode, don't they? And that's what which is, me. which is, I was quite shocked. I, I would have thought that it'd been the, so for series one had the same director all the way through. Yeah, so, and so it's that continuity, continuity of the character. We've had about three now in this one. So it's like, how how on earth are they supposed to keep? The character of Reacher in 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 check each episode, yeah. Because I I wouldn't have thought the directors would have shared notes because it's just a paid job. So that they'll go in, they'll get the script, they'll get their script, won't they? So that yeah. whoever directs episode three won't look at episode one or two. And they need to. That's what they need to do. Yeah. 
Well, I don't know how. I don't know how. Uh, I don't know how it works when they've got multiple directors working, unless they have a, a joint directors meeting and they all agree that this is what we're doing, and each one will have a go at their own individual episodes. I don't know how it works. I, that, I, I'm not honest. sure, but I loved it when he um, <laughs> when he walks up to the uh, coffer's car and kicks the air, kicks the front, <laughs> sets the airbag off. <laughs> but the but the opening part of the opening. The opening sequence when the woman's at the bank. Oh yeah, and he basically weighs the. I, I love Richard because he weighs situations up within seconds, click of his fingers, and he says, "Basically, don't he says, are you being robbed? Are you being mugged?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," and he says, "Just, just says, give me a second." Yeah, I'll be back in a minute. <laughs> I'll be back in a minute. <laughs> he walks up to the car and rips him out, and then that's it done. Now you see. I've always thought, and a, a lovely child, um, and now his brother's writing it with him, isn't he, uh, Andrew? Uh, and I've just, re- I'm just read the latest book, just done the last one, No Plan B, very, very good. Going back, I think he lost it on the last couple of books where they were changing, handing over, but now he's back on it with No Plan B. It's got back to good old Reacher again. But to top all that off, I have to say, I've enjoyed more reading Robert Cray C-R-A-I-S, Robert Cray, yeah, uh, and his books about Elvis Cole and Joe Pike, they are phenomenal. I think, yeah, I think you mentioned them out of the last part, haven't we? You've got to read them. You've got to read them because his style of writing is brilliant. He wrote Hill Street Blues, which is my all-time favourite police uh, show, um, and he's, he's been involved in Cagney and Lacey. He's just a genius when it comes to writing. The pace of his writing is fantastic. The characters that he's created are brilliant. Uh, and each page is written like a page of script, and it's just so good to read. Honestly, you will devour them. You'll absolutely devour them. Get yeah. hold of them and read them when you can. And why they've never made it into a TV series is beyond me. Yeah. I've, got a, I've, got a, I've got a pump for that. It's but speaking fun. of which, we've got to move on, because have you seen Bless and, and Poor, I think? And Nightingale, Annie Nightingale's died today. Yes. Uh, age 83, bless her. Um, she joined Radio 1 in 1970. I was a, wow. a, a strap of a lad when she was there. The first female presenter, am I She was, um, and she was the only one in the Radio 1 lineup for 12 years. Wow. So till 82, she was the only female broadcasting there, having her own show. Incredible. And it's yeah, good old Anne Nightingale, bless her. She's she's done well. Eighty-three. So there you go. R.I.P. Uh, Mrs. Nightingale. Yeah. Uh, so and I, have you seen I, the, have, you, have you seen the video that's gone viral this week? No. <laughs> You'll love it. Love it. Just just Google the video that's gone viral this week of the little mouse tidying up the workbench. You've nice. got to watch that little mouse tidying up the workbench. And this oh. guy has had a shed. And he'd leave stuff out on his workbench at night time and he's had this, that and the other in there. And he comes in the morning and all these tools are being put back in the toolbox. And he thought, that's a bit weird. And it happens a few times in a row. So he thinks, I'm going to set up a camera to watch this. And he sets this camera up and this little tiny mouse comes in onto his workbench every night and picks up all the pegs and the bits and pieces and puts them back in a box. <laughs> <laughs> and it's 
Honestly, it's adorable. You've got to watch it. It's the loveliest thing I've ever seen. This little mouse scooting around, tidying up the workbench, putting tools away, picks up a screwdriver and drags it into the box, picks up pegs, puts them back in the box, bits of wire and everything. It just tidies the whole workbench up. Bless well, it. He's obviously a very messy man and getting told off by a mouse. Absolutely. Which is quite embarrassing. <laughs> but um, uh, how's, how's your first, first couple of weeks of the new year been, Mark? Has it, have it been good? Yeah, yeah, can't, mustn't complain. So far, so good. Touch wood, touch wood. Although I did drive down to London the other day, and uh, the the lights, the overhead lights went to fifty. I was doing sixty, went to fifty. Obviously, immediately braked. A wagon went through on the inside lane ahead of me, undertook me, undertook me. I'll have you say, you know, Naughty. and he got he got flashed. He got did flashed. He? I then went through, and I got flashed as well at the same time. I thought I'm only doing fifty two. Literally, I'd literally slowed down to that point. I'd gone from 60 because we were in a 60 mile. And then, you know, when they changed them to 50 yeah. and there was so much traffic, it was a lot of traffic. So you're watching what you're doing. And they went to 50 and I thought, right, slowed down. It just took the cruise off from 60 down to 50. And as I went through, I was doing about 52 and it went peeping and flashed. And I thought, oh, I hope that's not me. Uh, I'm just, again, fingers crossed. It was last Thursday. So I've got another week to go and find out whether I've uh, got a speeding ticket or not. But I if the universe is smiling at you more, then you'll be fine. Uh, well, hopefully. You it, never know, do you? You no, just never know. It's certainly you know. been a roller coaster of emotions for me, uh, as you probably know. <laughs> I do. Uh, yes, we are being evicted from our home of three years. Um, no, Through no fault of own, we've never missed a pay rent payment. No, the landlord just wants to sell the property. That's it, isn't it? Selling the property... Uh, uh, up and down all week, mad, upset, yeah, as you can be. They're not giving you an option to buy. No, no, unfortunately not. The selling, um, there is in it's in brilliant condition. It's a lovely home. We've kept it immaculate. Man, you get away from the ghost though, won't you? At long last. That's that's what <laughs> that's <laughs> we both laughed about. Unless it bloody follows us. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> it's I got thought, comfortable with you. <laughs> I put a post out on Facebook the other night in a group with a local area and bless the people in the area. They've been so kind and caring and we've got a couple of potential avenues to go down. That's good. Uh, there's two or three houses that people are, are, are offering up. We've got we've got two months, mate. We've got nine weeks from Monday to be out. So we've got to pack up and... Uh, which I, I need to speak to you about because there's a few bits I want to get rid of, and I don't know if you or Kathy would like them. Your right. other half. So uh, I'll, I'll I'll message you. Anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because um, I don't want. I don't, I, obviously, I don't know where we're going to be, so I I don't know how much room we're going to have, and I don't want to take it with us, and then we're not have enough room, and then try and get rid of it. So I'd rather yeah. now. But um, yeah, so. Mixed bag. I, I just feel sorry for our, for our son because it's it's all he knows, and it's going to be. Ah, oh, he'll he'll get used. He won't know any different. I I moved houses, one, two, three, five, six times before I was eight. Wow. So you know, my dad was in the police force, and uh, we lived in Lancashire. And wherever the police force tell you you move in, you move. You know, and. I was born in Bury, moved to Tottington, then moved to Radcliffe, then moved to Rotstall, then moved to Haslington, then moved to, to Hutton, then ended up 
on the other side of Hutton uh, in Lancashire, near Preston. And then we moved to Chorley's when they, my folks finally bought their first house. You know, when they, well, we were in Hutton when they bought their first house. And uh, we'd always lived in police houses up until that point. So you just get used to moving. And it's, which is probably why I've stayed in this house now for so long, because it's nice to put roots down and finally stop somewhere. So, uh, well, that's. I wouldn't say it's bothered me. I met loads of friends and I've got friends and things like that in different places at different schools and all, all sorts of things. So I think James will adapt. He won't know any difference. It's, it's, it's just you that that's that will you've got to make sure that you don't project that onto him, that it's a shame. And, you know, you keep happy, you keep where you're going and whatever the new property is, is, is a happy, happy house. Yeah. And he'll be happy anywhere, wherever he is, as long as his mum and dad are happy, he'll be happy. Simple yeah. as that. You could be out in a tent in the field, but if you're both happy, he'll be happy. It's been a bit tough this week. Um, yeah, oh, it I, is. I have let the masks slip a bit, and he has he has picked up on it. Unfortunately, uh, yeah, I've got. I'm going to try try my best from now on to just remain focused and do the best we can and have. Well, our... yeah. If it's any consolation, I got made redundant from my job. I just had an extension built on the house. Uh, John Lewis were just finishing laying the floor. I had a five-year-old and a one-year-old, and I was just told I was made redundant, and that's it. No words, nothing else. I was told on the Wednesday afternoon I came home, and I thought, well, what am I going to do? They'd just finished laying the floor in the extension, uh, and I said to my wife, that's it, I've just been made redundant. She said, you are kidding me. In, in words, just like that, she said, you are kidding me. No expletives whatsoever. She didn't use anything like that. She was very restrained. He lied. And, uh, yeah, that's what happened. So, you know, um, you just learn to deal with it. By Friday morning, I was redundant on the Wednesday. By Friday morning, I set up my own business. And uh, I thought, they're not going to keep me down. This is what we're going to do. Um, well, that's it. I'm, I'm at that point now where it's, I'm, I'm, we've started to fight back a bit. We've, we've been, this, obviously, the first week was a massive, massive, massive impact. Monday was terrible. But we're, we're at a point now where we're ready to, we're, We've got our head back on our shoulders. And we're ready to fight back. So, uh, but... well, I found you a place. Anyway, if you want somewhere, I found you a place. Um, it's um, Bardsey Island Trust, which is just off the coast of North Wales, and it's a lovely little place. Um, it's it's an island, and you're welcome to go and live on it. Uh, you'll get paid. You get paid eleven pound forty four an hour to go and live on this. Uh, it has limited electricity, uh, but it does have solar panels for power. There are 11 other inhabitants on the island, um, so you'll get to know them fairly quickly. And <laughs> you're entitled to one boat trip per month to the mainland to get stuck up on your, your shopping and what have you. And this is the thing that will get you and you'll want to go. I'm telling you, you'll want to go. It's claimed to be the burial site for the mythical character Merlin. Wow. Ah, you see, now you're interested, aren't you? <laughs> Has he got a golf course? Because I'll need a job. You could make your own. <laughs> you well, might I'll, lose I'll, the balls in the water every now and then because it is an island. I'll resurrect Merlin and he can uh, build me one with his bond. <laughs> <laughs> but on a, on a on a plus side, this this first couple of weeks, I had um, had this, my script reviewed. The huge Montana, I had it reviewed. Uh, it's a new it's a new coverage site. It's called yeah. Green Light Green Light Coverage. And I don't know what software they're using, but bloody hell, fight! It's efficient, like you wouldn't believe. It's it's so efficient. Um, so obviously, I run it by you, and you, 
I took your feedback and what and and started to implement that. I implemented that, and then I got the feedback from Greenlight, and Greenlight got it gave uh, gave it six and a half out of ten. Which, if I'd have sent one of my scripts ten years ago, to be three and a half four. Yeah. So my writing, I said this in a post. My writing has improved. Um, they said. I need to restructure the plot points because there's no actual plot. There's more, uh, what did they call it? It's 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 more like A to B to C to D to the end. Yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no plot moving it forward. So what I've done is, I've in the first page I've I've, written, I've introduced the character doing her thing. So <laughs> I have to laugh because when we first see the character, let's put it like this: the, lad, the lads are going to like it. <laughs> oh, That's good. The 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 boys are going to like it, and then the the villain of the piece. Well, not really the villain, more the antagonist. He, he comes in. He's this young lad, and it's like <laughs> I'm going to swear. He's like fucking help. <laughs> Because he's helped, he's helped uh, a real, a real father unload all this Timothy. So he's just because she owns a salon. So he's he comes in and he's like, "We've just unloaded the Timmer," and he's <laughs> he can't finish it. <laughs> well, we'll look forward to seeing that. Hopefully. So and, and anyway, it goes on. So basically, what I'm saying is, so I've introduced the character doing a thing. And then the problem, which is this young lad, because he sees her doing a thing and he starts blackmailing her. Yeah. And then it goes on because she needs to, she needs to leave her private life behind in order to get with this fella. But the fella is the dad of this son of this lad. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it's all it's it. I, I I'm laughing writing it. So, but I didn't. I, what the the one bit of coverage I didn't understand was they called it a a dark a, dark, a, a mystery thriller. I'm like thinking there's no thriller part in it. No, well, that's AI for you, isn't it? That's how it's interpreted yeah. it. Unfortunately. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's uh, it, it was a dark comedy. They got right. Yeah, it's dark comedy. <laughs> Um, because it's kind of satire, really. It's it, it's a basically a modern only falls. It's only falls and horses meets keeping up appearances. Yeah, is what it is. So. Well, you can you can write some. This is one I've read today, and this will you can write this one in. See if you can get this into your script somewhere about Marius Gustafsson. Now, have you heard about this guy? No, I haven't. Marius Gustafsson is is in a court proceeding that's ongoing at the moment. He is uh, the leader of an extreme body modification ring. Yeah. Okay. Now, just let those words go in there. Extreme body modification. Okay. And he's been claiming... £18,500 in disability benefits after being a willing victim of a procedure to amputate his own leg. Okay. Okay. 
So <laughs> Gustafsson, this is the guy, Gustafsson set up uh, a eunuch, eunuch making. We all know what eunuchs are. They have their testicles removed. A yep. eunuch making website where people subscribed and were charged on a pay-per-view to uh, fee to watch footage of various procedures. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Now, I'll get you, get you squirming in a minute, as you know that becoming a uh, eunuch requires the removal of one's testicles. Ten men have been charged over their alleged participation in the practice of this. Gustafsson himself had his own penis cut off while they filmed it. Yeah. With with a kitchen knife. Bloody hell, my. Oh yeah, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm uh, legs together now. The girlfriend's laughing. <laughs> I'm laughing. Uh, he had the tip of his nipple removed, and then he froze his own left leg, ready for removal or amputation. <laughs> Did he, did he freeze it while it was actually on him? He's, yeah, they're filming it. They're filming it. And so he's got a bucket there and he's got his leg while this other guy poured dry ice into this bucket, dry ice into the bucket, right? Which then started freezing his leg. Now, dry ice, it's, it, it's horrific. You touch that, it's serious. Like third degree burns, it's just going to burn like buggery well, more than third degree first degree burns it gives you horrific um and he was putting his set and he oh, the video said oh that's getting really cold now basically and what gets me is that they it got so bad that he had to go then to go to hospital and have his leg amputated below his knee um because he's he'd frozen his leg and also when they cut his penis off they had to take him to hospital to have that uh, surgically corrected, obviously because of what they'd done using a kitchen knife, which is very, very dangerous. Uh, but he boasted, Gustafsson boasted to another colleague who was, I think he was having a gay affair with, um, about other modifications that he'd done and filmed and keeping testicles of other men in a jar. Really? <laughs> Just what you need to go around to somebody else, somebody else, and be a load of penis in the jar. Come and have a look at my testicles in the jar. What a load of bollocks! I think. <laughs> and on I that think, note, <laughs> I think on that note, um, that was that was a quite revealing episode tonight, Mark. Well done. <laughs> I always like to keep it high, you know what, Mark? Uh, you know, intellectual like culture is what like I say. Keep, keep the blood flowing. Well, um, that's on that note. That's good night from him. It's good night from him. Uh, we'll see you next time. Good night, Mark. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye.